0: When people think of the future, when people think of the future, they think technology. Tech, tech, tech. Take a drive through town. What do you see? You don't see tech, do you? This is the On Grade Podcast. This show is about construction and the people who make it happen. Whether you want to start your own business, grow your business, or learn more about construction, We'll have on the pros, from business owners to industry leaders. You'll hear about new equipment, building a company, and growing your business, and how the construction industry is changing. Let's do it. This is the On-Grade Podcast. Now, here are your hosts, Brandon Weinlein and Devin Boudreaux.
1: Hey everybody, welcome to On Grade, this is Brandon Weinlein, I'm in studio with my co-host Devin Boudreaux. What's going on guys? And uh, we got a special guest tonight, we have the one and only Christian Berker from Toronto, Canada in the studio via virtual means. What's going on Christian?
2: Uh, Same old, same old,
1: just trying to live the dream like
2: everybody else.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Are you right in Toronto or you're outside Toronto?
2: Uh, I'm outside Toronto. Half nice. an hour, I would say.
3: That's like the Dallas of Canada, basically. <laughs> Not as cool, but size-wise,
2: city-wise, yeah. yeah.
3: shit show-wise.
2: Yes, I would say. I would say. Lots of stuff in the ground to dig around, I would say.
3: Yeah. So <laughs> where are you from? You're from there, exactly? Born and raised?
2: Yeah, I was born and raised in uh, Stovall, um small town at the time of growing up. I was just one of those kids that wasn't really into school and all the rest of the things that society wanted me to do. And I liked making money and, uh, was always working and, um, just grew from that and went to work in construction because that's what you do and you don't get an education or that's what you're told in school that if you don't get an education, you're going to end up digging ditches for your life. (laughs) So I ended up doing that and, uh, yeah, it's uh, been a ride for me, and I, um, you know, spent many years working for other contractors and and other small outfits, big outfits in the area, and and gained knowledge in the in the trade, and you know, gained the network, which is super key in in running a company, is your network, and just moved on from there and started CMB in twenty nineteen kind of one of those things it was uh wasn't planned wasn't um it didn't have this massive business plan like everybody thinks you're supposed to have it was uh my buddy made some business cards for shits and gigs we wanted to do the side thing on the weekend i was working as a union operator at the time i probably handed my business card out to the wrong person and they hired us to do the job and here we are today i uh <laughs> took the opportunity probably a little bit sooner than I should have with no pre-planning or nothing. And yeah, I, I made it work. I think some days, I mean, don't we all, don't you guys think to yourself (laughs) some days am i making this work
3: (laughs) more like what the f*** did I do? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What'd you start with? Were you uh, just renting gear off the hop or what?
2: Yeah. I rented gear off the hop, right off the hop. I bought my first machine probably in the first year. Obviously my business partner, he was the one that made the business card. So we both quit our jobs the day when we first started. So we definitely had the benefit of the doubt on that aspect of being, having two people is is good and bad, I would say in some aspects, right? In a business. Um, And we just started renting, I think, people think you always have to buy it like you guys talked in your previous podcast you're like you gotta people think you have to buy 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 right and you can rent you don't make top dollar but you're making something and you're building that resume right
3: well like, way less grist uh, too right off the
2: hop. yeah i think it's uh everybody has this perception that i need to go buy a two-ton or a five-ton mini just to get started like you can go to sunbelt rentals or any rental shop and rent a mini for 500 bucks a day if you really want to. They drop it off. That like, like you've talked about, right? So um that's what we started doing and, and you have to get your name out there. You have to build a resume. It's like when you're hiring an employee. They're not gonna you're not gonna hire somebody with well you are going to hire somebody with no experience, but you have to have as a company owner or as a company, you have to have somewhat of credentials, right? You can't just well, go, well I do this. <laughs>
3: You got to be able to do what you're trying to sell.
2: Otherwise yeah. you're just going to shoot yourself in the foot. So yeah, that's, that's the way that we went. And then I probably rented too long, to be honest with you. I probably put footed around buying compared to renting. I would say that was our mistake in business at one aspect was we could have bought sooner. Yes. It maybe not have been the right decision at that moment, but moving forward thinking now, I think that would have been the right decision now thinking back i
3: don't know what about I mean. you i know for me it was like i definitely thought it wasn't even possible to buy a machine that was a thing in the beginning it's like oh who am i right like you're a couple months into business who's going to sell you a piece of equipment you know and that was the biggest i think misconception i guess in the beginning was i thought that you wouldn't be able to get a machine wouldn't be able to buy one or whatever so we rent it for a while thinking that until we kind of ask the question like no yeah no you can totally buy something it's like what oh okay (laughs) (laughs) it's
2: it's easier to buy a machine than a pickup truck like go to the dealer and buy a pickup truck they want your you know your firstborn, your left arm you know like you go buy a machine and they're like yeah sure no problem you know yeah yeah. definitely different
1: (laughs) well the other thing too is they want to look at like what's your what's your you know what do you got coming down the pipe as far as work? You know, they want to see a whip report. They want to see financials. You know, they want to see what is, what's your backlog looking like. I can tell you right now, if you got over a million-dollar backlog at any point in time, dude, you can pretty much walk down the you know, cat dealer and get anything, pretty much almost anything you want. Minus, like, my equipment, of course. But you definitely get, like, a six or a 349. No problem. But... It all depends on what you're looking at, too. I mean, especially the smaller gear. It's real, like you guys are saying, the smaller tractors are real easy to get. So, Christian, what we were we uh, sent you out the questionnaire a few days ago, and you put on here something that we haven't really talked about much on the show. Um, But I will say, uh, guys over at Dirty and Driven mentioned it on an episode. They were talking about uh, mental health, and uh, you wanted to talk about mental health within the within companies for employees and for their staff. So. What's something you wanted to talk about with CMB, maybe with that? I mean, I think we all suffer from it, I think, on some
2: manner. As an owner, you definitely have your struggles of managing the people, managing your cash flow, managing your your home life. There, there's so many aspects to running a company that definitely there's mental health involved and your employees, more importantly, you know, if they're having a tough time at home and you know, they're having issues with their family, their, you know, significant other, whatever that might be, that will affect their life. And ultimately that can cause an accident at work, you know, for your other workers that, you know, are in the trench and your operator's having issues, you know, in his outside life and he's dealing with stuff, you know, and you don't know about it. That's a safety hazard ultimately for your whole company. And I think it's one of those things that we all kind of just brush off and we're like, you know, man up up, buttercup. yeah yeah for sure we 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 all I mean I'm bad for it I think we all can sit here and say like construction definitely brings out that like macho be tough be that you know don't let your don't bring your feelings to work you know like we all say when you know we're having a tough day and I think it's looked past I'm you know I think it's something that as owners, we have to think about like, shit, that guy could kill somebody in the trench dropping a manhole in because his mind isn't there. His mind not is not on... attention. Yeah, it, it, we're all bad for it. You can't tell me that you're on the phone during the day and you're, you know, you're doing this, you're doing that. And, you know, y- you forget about something or you make a mistake or we're, you know, we're only human, right? We're all human.
3: It's definitely a huge thing. And I'm, I'm seeing it. Right now, I have a couple guys going through some shit and, you know, you can tell when they're having a good day at home and a bad day at home because they show up to work and it's two different people, right? It's a hard one to deal with because at the end of the day, I think for us, you're probably the same way. It's like we're used to running things, you know, like we're running the company we're running the job we're running the crew. We're used to making decisions and things are happening and we're kind of in control of everything going on. Even though we're completely out of control, we, we think we're in control of everything that's going on and you have your guys. And you can, you know, in a sense, control your guys at work, but you can't control their home life. You can't go to the, can't go to your one of your guys' house and talk to his old lady and give her shit. It doesn't work that way. So it's kind of hard, I think, as an owner to see that happening. And then what do you do? Like, how do you really deal with that? And that's something that's – I've definitely been thinking about that lately too, is like, how do you fix these problems? I guess talking about it is really the, the, the first step of it, getting guys to open up and kind of not being a dick –
2: yeah, I think there's that fine line that yeah, you have to walk and you have to read your guys, you have to read their personalities. And that's part of being the owner. And the tough part about managing the people is you have to know how to work your guys and understand that they all tick at a different, their clock is all different. They all tick different. You know, one guy that takes that constructive criticism, the other guy might not take it the same way that, you know, you're putting it down. So I think understanding how everybody ticks is is a huge thing within your company or just being open with about it and saying like look if you're having a tough day and you're not comfortable in that piece of equipment or you're not t- comfortable being here or whatever that case may be like go home sit at home or we'll send you somewhere or whatever you know we'll we'll work with you on this to you know fix this matter instead of like shut up get to work you know how Probably I was brought up, and a lot of us were brought up. <laughs> That's the truth of the matter, right? So, yeah, we're cha- our our generation and workforce is changing. You know, feelings are brought to work. Back in the '80s and '90s, and probably 2000s, like you didn't bring your feelings to work. Like you were a man. Like I don't know, you drank 12 beers a night, and that was it. Like <laughs> you went and laid pipe, like construction was the manly man job and like it's not like that anymore and that's okay but we have to adjust to that as
1: as the employer i think the other thing too that's changed the game a lot that a lot of people aren't looking at now is there's so many outside forces that you deal with now versus the 80s 90s and 2000s like you know all of us sitting here came up and i think for us is when i first started running equipment i didn't have a cell phone There was no way my former could call me out on a job site and scream at me. He had to pull up purposely in his truck (laughs) and have to talk to me. And people didn't just come at you like that because also you're standing face to face with them. So it's a little different. You weren't, it was still tough love, but it wasn't, I think you know what I'm saying? It wasn't like in your freaking face back then either. And I think another thing too, that helps, that helped us back then too was it was where we were brought up. We were outside more, Uh, you know, we rode bikes. We, We got in fights growing up, you know, it's, 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 I don't know. It's just like, it's a different world now, you know, it's so based around technology and playing video games. And uh, we watched a movie, me and Steph the other night, it was, the kid talked about, I have no friends in real life, but I have a ton of friends that I play with online. I mean, it's crazy, you know, that you don't even have real physical friends. They're all over the world, which is awesome too. But at the same time, I think that might be contributing to a lot to the mental health thing now because it's, well, you got you got an older
3: crew and you got a younger crew, right?
1: Yeah, I got so both.
3: Do you do you see a difference like in the crew like in cuz we like you run young guys Christian so do I for the most part. Like do you see a difference between the crews on like that kind of stuff or
1: I see it to a point. Some of my guys are like they've been around the young guys now so much, the culture of them, that they're kind of just used to them, so they don't really say much about it anymore. But you about 4 or 5 years ago, oh yeah, the old timers, oh man, they were <laughs> They tell you, get this kid off the job or I'm going to beat his ass. I mean, it was <laughs> it was like that back in the day. But another thing I wanted to talk to you about, and, uh, Deb, I, I didn't talk about it before we started the show. Um, shout out to Philip Reed. He's with uh, Blue Collar Lending, a guy I follow on LinkedIn. and He actually wrote a post. I'm going to read it if you guys don't mind. I think you guys will really appreciate this. If you're a person that craves affirmation in the workplace, entrepreneurship might not be for you. I get it. We are all wired differently, and some of us can cognitively need those attaboys. We entrepreneurs don't get those, sometimes ever. The weight of our entire organization is on our shoulders, and staff beneath us rarely share affirmation of our leadership and prowess. They expect it, and they should. Otherwise, they wouldn't have trusted us with their employment. Backpats, trophies, and accolades doesn't matter to us. We care about our people, trajectory, hard numbers that show growth and profit in business. If someone compliments us when it's not merited, it doesn't even matter to us because it's not factual. Our confidence and drive did not come from external validation. It comes from within. And if you're not ready for that, it will crush you. I do not care when I say business ownership is a very lonely profession. I have my partners, sure, but that's about it. When it comes to professional peers within my organization, when I go to work parties, I can't just let loose. I have to watch every single thing I say. I cannot act frivolously. And I do not receive praise from the staff I lead, but I'm okay with that. Not everyone is before you make that leap, make sure that the loneliness of self-employment and high level leadership is something you can handle. That's something that we kind of talk about in a roundabout way all the time. But I saw that post today and I saw your email and I'm like, Oh, I saw a post about this today. I'm like, we should talk about this. Cause you know, and especially a shout out to Philip Reed, great dude. He's down in San Antonio. Uh, I don't know if he listens to the show or not, but if he does Phil, Hit me up anytime, man. We'd love to have you on. He does blue collar lending. He specializes in helping construction companies with financial stuff, like lines of credit, stuff like that. So definitely give him a shout. Great dude. Uh, You can find him on LinkedIn, but he has awesome posts all the time. But you know, that's the things he just talked about, guys. I can tell you all this right now. I mean, you and me, we call each other two to three times a week just to talk because we got no, and I got Steph to talk to but and me and her had a conversation. I didn't even realize I was doing this. But, like, if I talk to a guy that's inside our world that does what we do as owners, I t- I'll talk to you all day about what's going on in my life outside of my personal life. You know, I'll tell you, be like, man, it's fucking GC, this guy right here, this fucking bullshit with my tractor today, you know, something that happened on a job site or whatever, you know. And she'll go, well, why don't you tell me this stuff? And it's like, because I don't even realize. I think I psychologically just want to shut it off when I get home from work. Yeah, I don't know. I think for me, I wouldn't,
3: I don't want to talk to my old lady about that stuff. Cause it's just like, I feel the pressure of that stuff on my shoulders. You know, I know how much oh, waiting to get paid for a job is, or the guy smashed something at work. And, you know, I'm thinking about the numbers and the cost, and it's a stress, right? That's, that's a shit ton of stress that I'm carrying. I don't want to talk to my old lady about that and dump that on her. Cause to me, I look at it as like, she doesn't need to deal with that. She doesn't need to carry that. She doesn't need to know about that stuff is kind of how I look at it. Do you, you talk to your old lady about stuff?
2: And I like Sunday is a tough day, I think, in construction yeah. as an owner, right? Like Sunday <laughs> evening, you get the Sunday <laughs> scaries. You're like, oh, my God, I got another week of tear to navigate through. It's tough not to bring it home. And I think that, you know, a lot of people bring their work problems home. Even employees themselves bring their work problems home. If they're having a shit day at home, they probably bring it home, right? So it's tough to navigate that. With your home life and turn it off. You know, if you're having struggles at work, you know, you get home and you're pissed off and you probably say something you shouldn't or do something you shouldn't or whatever. I think we're all guilty of it, right? So I think talking about it is good.
1: (laughs) You're supposed to be able to communicate with your spouse about anything in theory. You really are. You're supposed to be able to talk to them. They're supposed to be with you through the thick and thin. I mean, that's what the vows are all about. And if you truly love that person, I think you should tell them because I look at it like this. You know, me and her, we're going to get married. We're going to have kids. And maybe my kids might want to take this company from me one day. It's a family business at that point. She is entitled to know what's going on. You know, if our child is going to take that company over, she should be entitled to know what's going on. She should be entitled to know what we have to deal with. And I also think that you telling your spouse what's going on that day that you're having that real shitty day, you might come home and they might not get on you about, you didn't take the trash out or, You left your boot, your muddy boots on the floor, or something like that. You you might get a little more sympathy on that one. You know what I mean? So it's kind of one of those, like, yeah, well, yeah. I just, I'm getting better about it, but she got on me about it for months. She's like, you know, you come home and you're pissed as hell, and I don't know what I did wrong. And it's like, yeah, you didn't do anything. It's everybody else in the world. Just want to crush some (laughs) people's souls. (laughs) Speaking
3: of crushing souls, you guys are like this. So this morning, I get up, jump in the Pete after a, I had this paperwork to do. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to drive across Dallas in rush hour in the truck. So I'll just wait till about 930 in the morning. <laughs> so I wait, get some paperwork done, jump in the Peterbilt. They got the hole on the float, the flat deck on. I'm going to get some shoring boxes. i going to drive all the way across Dallas, load the shoring boxes, then go all the way across the city again to go out to Terrell, drop everything off. I'm going down the interstate, cruising along, having a great day. It's sun shining. The truck's clean. I even... Friggin' armor all the tires last night and everything. It was was a good day. Cruising long, 75 miles an hour. Some re***** in a Toyota Prius. A red Toyota Prius is coming in the merge lane, like coming onto the the interstate. And for some reason just assumes that I must have a yield sign in the middle of the interstate. And just merges right in front of me doing like 40. I'm on the brakes. There's two trucks next to me trying to swerve around this friggin' car. So freaking close that I couldn't even see it anymore. It disappeared in front of the hood. I thought I ran the thing over. And then it just puts along as if it wasn't even doing nothing. And it's at that moment where I'm literally going in my head, do I just run this motherfucker over and slam him into the medium because he's that stunned he shouldn't be on this planet anymore? It's just like ridiculous. had to be a
1: Prius, too. Just,
3: just had to be a Prius. <laughs> Skid marks up the highway, like just
1: Did it you. have a Joe Biden sticker on it?
3: No, it didn't. It had a no. one of those Beto f- stickers so oh just even, as bad. yeah, yeah. this
1: is bad have you seen that meme yet with the one with the guy holding the trash can and he's hitting the other guy and it says beto in texas and it was like the one guy's texas he's throwing the trash can the guy's on the ground and it's beto now it I've was right that. after the last election when he ran for governor <laughs> that shit was hilarious dude he's like throwing a trash can nailing beto and it's like get the fuck out of here yeah um, i don't know people are just stunned but... <sighs> let me get off the politics that's the rule we have yeah we have be better than this Oh, well. So uh, let's go back to some work (laughs) stuff, I guess. I like this one. Um, You're probably going to like this one, too. Uh, Working in or on the business, what suits you best? So I want to say my piece. I'm going to hand it over to Devin after I say my piece. Guys that have to be completely 100 percent involved in a business at all times. Those are the guys that A, can never take a vacation. B, they have to work 16 freaking hours a day because they don't trust anybody and see they're probably the same guy that's trying to do an estimate while sitting in the truck while also jumping out and running an excavator loading trucks. We all know that guy and that guy is burned out in two years and he's going, dude, I'm not, I, I didn't bid any work this week just so I can have a day off. It's like, dude, get some help, man. You know, you get you got to, you got to. As you say, my boy Devin here says it best. You gotta, you gotta burn the boats, man. Just go for it. You gotta hire some people. You gotta give them a chance. If you don't give them a chance, you're never gonna get a chance to give yourself a dang break, and you're gonna burn yourself out. So I'll let you take it from me. Yeah, I mean, I'm bad for
3: that. I still wear ten hats most days. I'll be doing the uh, estimating and billing, and uh, then finishing from that, driving a truck, and going around a piece of equipment, and all that stuff. I'm, I'm still kind of in that transition phase where. I'm learning to let go. I've got guys now that are fully capable of running jobs. I don't need to be there and babysit them. I can jump in, show up for an hour, talk to the client, see what's going on, make a couple adjustments, and then leave, and uh, they're good to go kind of thing. So that's that's been huge. But, yeah, as far as the office stuff, I'm still trying to do everything at once while trying to do all the other little stuff too to kind of make it all work. But you're right. You, you can't do it forever. It's not sustainable. I mean – I shouldn't say it's not sustainable. There's guys that do it, but you're not really building a business at that point. You're just creating a massive job for yourself that makes money and buys cool toys. But at the end of the day, you're just going to be stuck doing that forever. The minute you stop, you get sick, break a leg, whatever you're screwed. You know what happens at that point? How does yeah. it work? What goes on? You know, I don't know. We're all guilty of it. And everyone starts that way. It's just a matter of finding a way to get out of that. And I really, the answer is take the leap and hire people, you know, Hire them, train them, build them up, whatever, but make that a goal to be able to get yourself out of the business in a sense, not because you have to, but because eventually you're going to need to, it's going to come to a point where you have to do something and you can't be there and it's going to screw you over. You, you got a business partner, right, Christian?
2: I do. I do. Um, he runs a lot of, well, he does all the estimating. So I work Mm -hmm. in the field 90% of the time. So I'm very fortunate. I get to be, you know, a dirt donkey still, I would, I would call myself. So I run the machine 95% of the time. And then now I've, after four years of hell, uh, my guys are finally capable (laughs) young lads that can do the job. So it's, it's somewhat relaxing for me. So as we move forward, I plan to, you know, somewhat step out of the field, but also manage the people. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm a, I'm a person that I like to be in the field. I like being in the dirt. I like putting the pipe in. Like I, that's just who I am. The office, uh, stuff isn't for me and it's not for everybody. And I think everybody thinks like, oh, I'm the company owner. I need to work in the office. I need to be in the office. Like, I think it's good to be in the office. I, you know, I think it's good to be involved in the numbers and, and all of that. But like, you don't have to be doing the day to day stuff more or less, or try not to be like, you have to suit what you you make money at, we were trying to hire operators and foreman's and all all of that stuff. And like, yeah, you make all right, you know, but nobody pushes like you, nobody's gonna, you know, drive that train, like you're gonna drive the train. That's mm-hmm. the end of the day. And at the end of the day, the more holes you dig, technically speaking, the more money you should make. Yeah, you know. So I think that's where people get lost. They're like, well, I'm just going to hire people. Like, I think you have to, I think it's hard to just hire because you could be getting screwed over and you don't even know it. And it could be six months out. You know, I think you really have to screen your employees as you're hiring. If you are hiring a superior person, like meet them once or twice before you hire them. Maybe meet their significant other to see how their home life is if they're superior maybe let them come try out for a day or two to kind of see how they mesh with the crew. Like, I think there's so many cases where people just hire, hire, hire. And then you're like, I have a bunch of meatballs. What do I do with them all?
1: Yep. And you I think that's what badass <laughs> spaghetti. That's what you do.
3: <laughs> Something like
2: that.
1: I tell you, I've, I've been, uh- Devin can attest to this. I've been the guy that's had the the killer crew, the killer group of dudes in the office, and I've had the guy that I'm like, bro, I done told you five times send this dang change order, you know, and then you end up doing it yourself because you don't trust them. I think we've all been there. It's an unfortunate thing. I like what you were saying, Christian, about really sitting down and talking to the guy, but I've learned this thing over time now with employees, and I'm sure you two all attest to this. I call it the six-month-itis. <laughs> everybody puts on a real good impression for about six months until they kind of get comfortable. And then they, they kind of let you see their true colors. And if you see a guy at six months and he's still beating into the office every day and he's leaving, you know, an hour or two after you do, and I'm still there till six almost every day. And he's leaving at eight, putting out emails and I'm checking my email and I'm seeing his emails going out. Like, that's the guy. I want. That's the guy that's he's go getter. That's a killer. You want killers, man. You don't want guys that are there for a paycheck. You want a guy that wants to help build that company up because my guys know, they already know guys that have been with me through the thick and thin already know as soon as the money starts coming in, the rewards there, you know, you're going to get that raise. You're going to get that time off. You want that. You're going to get the lifestyle you want because I'm going to help you get there myself. And that's what you have to do as a leader. And that's part of being a leader is, Don't be afraid to shovel tracks. I mean, I'll shovel tracks. I'll sweep the street. I'll also send the dirtiest, nastiest email you'll ever see, too, though. I mean, you know, I just told the project manager off this week. I told you about this. (laughs) It's assistant project manager on a job. And the guy goes, hey, man, we need you to haul some utility spoils off. I said, well, that's not my contract. It says clearly in my contract. No other trade spoils. Here's the topo. Here's everything. You know, here's the drone data. We've done the work. And so this kid is just, he's 22 years old. He's wet behind the ears. He thinks he knows it all. I got my construction management degree. Look at me. I'm Mr. Badass. No offense to anybody that has a construction management degree. No, No disrespect, but we all know this guy. So anyways, trying to tell him, you know, hey, this ain't my dirt. And so I'm talking to the superintendent, who's also about the same age as him, by the way. I'm not making this up. They're both like 22 years old. So of course this is their first time having any kind of authority probably in their life. So they think they're just going to bully me around and mind you, my superintendent's 65, I'm 34 going on 35. And I'm like, Oh, these kids really do want to f- around and find out. So <laughs> anyways, we sent a nice little email back and in the worry I sent the email back and you know, this as well as I do between the two of you, when you got the vice president of the company, he calls you the first thing in the morning, brother, what do we got to do to make this right? Oh, you need to rein your boys in. And uh, so we go out to the job site, me and him meet up, we make a deal, everything's handled. Like it should have been the first time, it shouldn't have even come to this. And he says to me, he says, You know, these young ones never gotten their asses handed to them. I says, No. I said, They never had somebody come out on a job site so and just whoop that ass. I'm like, Man, I'll tell you, guy wants to run his mouth in a, on an email, somebody come out there and start tuning his ass up. I bet they'll stop sending those kind of emails. <laughs> it, it's the truth though. I mean, you can tell guys that growing up, they got punched in the mouth, and you can tell a guy that never got punched in the mouth. I mean, these, some of these kids, they just think they're God's greatest gift to construction. Whatever. So my rant's done. My apologies. <laughs> uh,
3: so what kind of work are you doing up in Canada, man? What are you, what are you doing? What's your niche? What's your uh, main thing?
2: I mean, I do anything that pays, but uh, I try to stick to pipe work infrastructure, um it's hard to compete for us in the bigger dirt stuff because of like the crew that we have they don't really enjoy that like either you have a pipe crew or you have a dirt crew i kind of find pipe guys don't like moving dirt and the dirt guys don't like pipe and just you need a lot of overhead doing big dirt so i i like the pipe you can kind of you know it's fast nimble and you can make good billables on it per day if, if you set up right and you, and, you know your boys are productive. Or You know, they, they strive to do better and it's hard to make them understand that. Like the more pipe you lay, the more money that the company makes, the more things that you guys get. It's hard for everybody to understand that sometimes. But pipe work is kind of one of those things that it's a niche and that's what I kind of want to stick into. But again, everybody will do anything that pays. We try to do a little bit of dirt work. We'll do ponds and stuff sometimes, like the sediment ponds. I, but slopping in the mud is only fun for so long. (laughs) (laughs) So we do uh, like large infiltration systems, uh, gas collection systems, a lot of, we get into the fuse pipe. I enjoy the fuse pipe work because it's not, everybody's doing it. Everybody can go lay a water. A lot of people can lay a water main. A lot of people can lay a sewer main, but when you, you know, start getting into the fuse pipe stuff, it takes a little bit of knowledge. It takes a little bit of um, patience, which not everybody has. It pays a little bit better, right? So yeah. that's kind of what we're into. How
3: would you get into it? What's uh, What got you into the pipe in the first place?
2: I started doing pipe when I was like 18, I would say. I was kind of in- introduced to it. I was always around equipment uh, since a young age, building motocross tracks with buddies. but. I got into the pipe and I just, I love the rush of it. Right. It's super like if you know, laying manholes and slinging pipe in like there's a lot of going on. Oh yeah. And it's just like, I don't know. There's just something about it. It gets in your blood and it's like some guys that even show up for me now, like this one kid that showed up for me the first day, he's like, this is the best, you know, like there's machines (laughs) swinging around, like gravels dumping. Right. Like it's like, it's like a battle zone in the trench, right? It's awesome if if that's what you're into. So I think it's either a love or hate thing. And I kind of just, I spent a lot of time working for other guys. And I think that's kind of been a good thing for me in owning a company. Is like, you know, it, I think it's hard to do if you've never done it before, right? There's so many little tricks and, sh- you know, sh- I would have never learned or learned the heart harder than I already did learn, you know
1: on yeah. someone else's dollar you know <laughs> i think i think the the funniest thing is uh when you go out on your own you you already think you know the business you know we all <laughs> did you know we're like yeah man i've done this i've been a superintendent i've been a foreman i've been an operator i can do this <laughs> shit. man i got my kick first i don't know two or three jobs dude i'd always miss something they're like, oh. You know, they call you back. Hey, did you get you, you got everything in your scope here. I really like your proposal. It looks good. You know, and you're like, you're super pumped. You know, you're like, yes, my first job. And they're like, we're going to send you a contract. Oh, okay. You know, now it's like, you know, four years later, it's like, hey, man, can you uh, you shave like 30% off this thing? Or can, we, can we talk numbers here? Nah, that's my number, bro. If you don't like it? Call somebody else. And, and that's how I got now. But, you know, that's four years of getting your – as you – I'm taking it off your notes, by the way. I saw you wanted to talk about losing your ass because this is something that a lot of these guys are always asking us about, estimating how to make sure you're not losing money on jobs. The biggest thing I can tell you is read all the plans, dude, because it's getting like this in construction, especially in excavation. I don't know about so much for you guys in pipe, but it's getting like... You know you got to read the geotech report you got to read the civil plan you got to read the structural plans now you got to sometimes you got to read the architecturals now i'm like bro it's dirt work why the fuck do i need to look at architectural plans i mean like they're like hey did you look at the architectural plan page c2 it shows the the foundation plan why didn't you put that in the grading plan dude like it's like the architect don't want to talk to the engineer you know, the structural engineer don't want to talk to the civil engineer. It's just, it's crazy now. You got, I mean, you got to really read everything now or it's going to bite you in the butt, man. It's getting like that. I don't know about for y'all as much, but especially doing kind of foundation stuff like we do, you know, and paving prep now and stuff, they're, they're putting notes and stuff that has nothing to do with what you would think it would. I mean, it's just crazy. Or you'll read something in the geotech and they'll go, oh, we're not going to do what's in the geotech. We're going to do what's in the structural. Well, you bid the d- to do it off the geotech, and the thing they want you doing the structural might cost twice as much. I mean, it's like, how the hell am I supposed to know this? D-? I'm not a structural engineer. <laughs> I What's mean, your bid? Uh,
2: sorry, uh, no, up ahead. by no. us, up uh, up by us, like every municipality or region or whatever you want to call it, all have different specs. So, like, it is the most frustrating thing ever because one day you know you'll lay pipe one way and then you know they go to the other region or municipality or whatever and you got to lay it a different way it's all within like you know reason but they want different what stupid stuff bedding or filter cloth or you know stuff that i wish it was just standard across the board you know like this is set everybody does it you know not not specific regions do their own thing right or municipality it makes it tough to the guys to do and keep up with it all you know oh this tracer wire is different here like just make one tracer wire do all the f-ing tracer wires man like you got <laughs> i got f-ing 20 f-ing different types of tracer wire right like or even the caution tape they make you put on like just make one you know standard you know make it simple for everybody no yeah i got 20 rolls of different types you know and it's just it makes it confusing for everybody involved you
1: know, well, it can lose your yeah. real freaking quick if you're not careful, man. I mean, you back know, right. especially especially you sign in the contract, you know, they're getting even slicker now with the contracts. They're putting in the contracts. Have you you've read every single set of plans we have sent to you? Blah, 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 blah. And it's like, dude, you sent me 136 pages and you're like, oh, you should know the plans front to back. OK, yeah, no problem. I'm going to know the civil plans. Absolutely. I'm going to know the paving plan. I'm going to know where the pipes going. I'm going to know all that. But now you're asking me to read architecturals you're adding me and you know structural it's like come the f- on, dude, put it all in on one set of f- plans like they used to do it. I mean, I know you've been doing this long enough, and I know you've been doing this long enough. they didn't used to do that f-. it all used to be in one spot. Well, I learned everything the hard way because
3: i had uh I had about four hours of seat time in an excavator when I started a company. So uh, that was my experience. First sewer line I ever bid was calling a buddy of mine to figure out what the hell it looked like to to go do the job. So you want to talk about screw ups and learning things the hard way, hard way. I've done them.
1: (laughs) It's all self taught. But uh, doing a building pad and you didn't swell the dirt for trucking.
3: I did that one time.
1: I'm like, you know, I'm like super pumped. You know, it's like a 10,000 square foot pad. You know, select starts coming in and. You know, I got it in the in the packet from my foreman. You know, because I was the superintendent at the time and the owner, and he calls me on the phone. I just run to go get diesel for them. And he calls me. He goes, "Hey, dude, you got forty loads on the note here." I said, "Yeah." He says, "We're at fifty-five. and We only got half the pad done." I'm like, "Oh," fuck. <laughs> and he goes, "What?" I'm like, "I forgot to swell that dirt." He's like, "You dumb mother." <laughs> <laughs> like, so all the money we had to put the dirt down ended up going to just cover materials so that whole day was free like I mean we got some you know we made money the next day blue topping it but it still (laughs) was like you know it's still that's a whole day of wages of fuel tractor time just out the window because you something stupid as that
3: well, I did the exact same thing. except it was on a house foundation, not on a ten thousand square foot building pad. So it was only an extra thirty loads to haul out, But uh, <laughs> I never made that mistake again. Why yeah. do I still have trucks here? It's supposed to only have five hundred years yeah, of dirt. A big old
1: pile of dirt sitting <laughs> out here. I don't know how the f- that happened. Maybe the trucks are smaller. <laughs> <laughs> you're o- you're over there screaming at the excavator operator. <laughs> Get load them. <laughs> well i got four buckets on them what else you want me to do it's already spilling over <laughs> uh, i mean uh, i think Chris. you have
2: i think you have to lose money like i that's terrible oh, to say yeah. like you, you have to lose money like it's humbling as f- you know when you go and do a job and you lose you know whatever amount whatever the percentage is but you know i I've hit, you know, six figures, you take a hit and it's like, it humbles out of you and you're like, it, you know, I'm not the king. I'm not the king Mm -hmm. of this castle. Like in two minutes, this can be ripped all from me. Just a mistake, a simple mistake, a simple miss on the spec, a simple, you know, safety incident, whatever. it, It can take it all away from you. And I think my growth or my biggest growth for me was losing money. You know, and you have the job cost huge. and You definitely
3: don't make that mistake again. You you, you learn that lesson once.
1: Biggest uh, mess up I ever did. Did a job in Frisco about two years ago, three years ago. We had never had a grade bust on a job before. I don't know if, you know, I'll, I'll let the listeners know what a grade bust is. So a grade bust for anybody that's wanting to learn about estimating. A grade bust happens when you take a grading plan and there's an existing there's existing elevations on a grading plan and there's proposed elevations. Well what happens is they might have went out there and topoed that job to make that grading plan four or five years ago and people have dumped dirt on it or the dirt has swelled from weather or you know anything. So what happens is it can actually increase the quantity of whatever you're having to do. So whether that's import dirt or export dirt, whatever that could be. And if you don't catch that by doing what's called a topo, when you before you start the job by going out there and shooting shots on that entire job site and creating your own grading plan to verify the quantities, you will lose your ass so quick because it literally in the contract it says you are accepting the job the way it is when you pull up on site. So that is why I tell everybody exclude rock and always. D- Topo before you start that job because I'll tell you something. I send one, I'll tell you, well, deb you know this. I send a change order for a grade bus at least once a month. Every job was, you know, we'll start five jobs, I send a change order at least once a month. These because these engineers are so lazy now, they don't they don't go out and get new topos done anymore. They just take the one from four or five years ago when the lot was for sale. They'll build a grading plan off that, and all of a sudden you go out there and you you might have to export an extra four or five thousand yards, and they're like, Well, well, what's this for? <laughs> it's for the extra dirt you got on your freaking lot, bro. And I'm not paying to haul it off, so you are. Because uh, the cost goes to you, not me. You're asking for extra work? <laughs> you pay for that. That's how I look at it. So call me if I'm wrong on that. But I lost my shirt on that, man. I uh, We overhauled 10,000 yards on a job. No idea it even happened until it was too late. Ooh. So I never did it again. You, you want to talk about <laughs> that $100,000? Yeah. I, I, yeah.
2: <laughs> feels good doesn't
1: yeah. it yeah <laughs> luckily we had an amazing gc that we were working for we still work for him to this day and this is the reason we still work for him they you. called us up and they said well give us your takeoff and give us your tickets for what you hauled and they at least paid for the haul and they didn't cover us to load it but they at least covered the trucking for us so it didn't completely kick her a- still kicked her a- but you know it, that could have put somebody you know we we're a brand new company we we're less than a year old if that had to put you out of business you know and it, that, boil,
2: that boils back to like mental health mental health again you know and like your, you know your brain at that time i'm i'm positive you were feeling pretty <laughs> about your decisions <laughs> you know
1: <laughs> i was going you know operating wasn't all that bad man <laughs> you know, <being> yeah <laughs> Like, yeah,
3: the old gut check first thing in the morning. (laughs) Hey, Deb, you hiring (laughs) (laughs)
2: those kicks, the the kick to the nuts, you know? Nothing, oh, yeah, nothing, nothing, nothing like it, man. Makes you feel alive. Uh,
1: Yeah, that tingly feeling that you get in your spine, like, oh boy, (laughs) what did I do? Why why am I here? And then everybody's like seeing your nice truck and all that. Oh, you're doing so well. And you're like, I'm I'm making payroll Friday, bro. (laughs) Uh, I know that vibe all too well. I
3: I I think everyone does. It's just one of those things.
1: And the worst part is when you get in that cycle where you got to make payroll every Friday. I tell everybody the fastest day of the week to get to you is a Friday. I don't know what it is about it, being a business owner, but Friday comes real quick, man. And it's it's always fun trying to Thursday night, you're sitting there like, Okay, payroll's twenty six thousand. That's without tax. With tax is thirty five. How much do I got in the account? Twelve. <laughs> you go and look on your AR report, and you're like, mm, that's almost thirty. Hey, brother. Hey, uh I'm broke as <laughs> and I can't make payroll <laughs> tomorrow. Do you want your guy do you want my guys on your job tomorrow? Can you, can you wire me some money? How much you need? Uh, 15 grand. Okay, I got you. Make those calls. I don't give a who you are, dude. I, I know guys that own multi-million dollar excavation companies. They make that phone call on Fridays. They don't care. They're not afraid to admit it. That's <laughs> what it is,
2: man. Uh, I mean, anybody that goes to me and says, I'm making all this kind of money in excavation, they're probably lying. <laughs> the,
1: guys the guys that make money in excavation are the guys that have been doing it for 25 years and all this is paid off. Those are the guys that make money at it. Yeah, the, it never leaves
2: their pocket, right?
1: No. Those are the guys that they can walk in cat and pay cash for a couple of machines. And, you know, they keep them three or four years. They get their money out of them, and they still make money on them when they sell them. So it's, you know, those are the that's the key that everybody has to realize in this game. It's a long game. You are not going to make a lot of money your first 10 years. You're not going to make a lot. Once those tractors start getting paid off, that's when you start making the money. But that's why you got to make sure you're doing good maintenance on them because – if you don't take care of them that well, that six-year note you got, that thing might be falling apart in six years, and then you got nothing. You're buying another one. You're in the same boat you were just in. You're making more payments. So, how many guys are running, Christian? What size your crew. Uh,
2: uh, I run about. Well, it depends on the day because I uh, have a high turnover. But uh, oh. <laughs> I run like <laughs> I run like I like to run ten to fifteen would, would be my solid on a bike yeah. crew.
1: So um, why you, What is is that? Is that just normal up there with the turnover, or is that just kind of recent that's been happening?
2: Uh, I think I'm a part of the problem. Christian uh, to work for, that's yeah. why. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what do you mean we're getting a Saturday off? Are you yeah. crazy? We got to get this pop in the ground, bro. <laughs> yeah, Your wife's having good. a baby? I don't give a <laughs> Get your <laughs> out here and help me lay this pipe. <laughs>
0: Uh, uh, I hope none
2: of my guys listen to this because
1: they see what what do you guys call OSHA up there in Canada? Is it the same thing? Yeah, we got OSHA up there. Oh, okay, yeah, or no, it's uh, OHS. 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 Don't be listening to this one either because he probably rolling outlaw. No trench box. What the you need a trench box for?
2: <laughs> no i've gotten better i've gotten better or that's what my season guys tell me i'm getting do, better
1: do you, do you at least bench it back now
2: oh yeah oh yeah oh, okay back. Right. yeah yeah
1: yeah yeah fuck around with that stuff no I, i'm
2: yeah.
3: just kidding anyways you,
1: know, you, you watch
3: enough videos of them doing pipe work in india and oh my and, god feet uh, <laughs> down straight wall you don't do that
1: bro you watch some
2: actually,
1: <laughs> sorry go ahead you, you watch some dudes in China and they actually built those buckets that are modified that have the fucking slopes built in them. Have you seen those? Well, yeah. <laughs> they got them like in Vietnam for like the trenching for their though. rice paddies. Yeah. Dude, fucking badass, dude. I'm like, where the fuck are those? Let me buy one of those, man. I'll be building all my moisture <laughs> ignition in slots with one of those, dude. Badass. Because that's our I mean, problem. We, our, what saves our ass when we're doing MC is uh, because it's such a temporary trench for us. Like, I mean, Literally, we're digging it out, and 99% of the time, it's halfway full back up by the end of the day. We don't have to really f*** with the slopes, and everybody's sitting in a cab. So, it's you don't have anybody actually on the ground in there. So, you can kind of still slope it back. You know, you put a safety berm up and stuff like that, somebody will go in there. But, you know, it's it's nothing like what y'all are doing. You know, when we were doing pipe, I remember that shit. We'd have to rent trench boxes. We'd have to rent the the, the spreaders, those things that had the little hydro—what do, do they call those?
3: Little pump jacks for them.
1: Yeah, the pump jack thing. Speed shorn? Yeah, the speed shorn. Those are pretty cool, man. They got them little wood panels. Holds it out. And when we did our uh, sewer line, that's what we had to use. It was pretty cool. Tells you how much pipe I know about pipe.
2: I'll speak. Like, I prefer running a trench box uh, myself. Like, it just saves on dig time, right? If you're sloping stuff back. Like, you're killing time. You're killing backfill. More material. More gravel. So many more things. Trench box, the guys are safe, guaranteed. Like, if I can run a box, I'll run a box. Um, And I think people are always like, well, the box is slower. Well, I think a box is faster. You can backfill faster. You're saving on gravel. Because gravel is – that's your Christmas bonus. Oh, yeah. Um, You know, if you're burning gravel up on backfill, there goes your bonus, and there goes everybody else's bonus in the company. So, I prefer the trench box myself. I see lots of guys open cut, but, I mean – take your poison
3: yeah you gotta the crew's gotta know how to work in a box that's the problem right if you don't have guys that know how to work in a box you're 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 gonna be slow as hell if you got a good crew that can work in a box that makes all the difference in the world and then everyone digging it pulling it moving it you know that's that's where it's at but you got to have the guys that know how to do it to make it work otherwise yeah you're you're way slow
1: yeah you guys can have that you guys (laughs) can have that trench book I've, I've been down in the trench a couple of times with the guys when we were doing pipe and i look up and all i see is this metal thing and i'm like wow cheap is better built this motherfucker too i hope this guy that welded it knew the fuck he was doing i'm just like that's fucking dirt holding back right now you know and i think cave's fucking done bro so i was gonna say the the Something I saw in here that you wanted to talk about as well was the pros of GPS systems. Um, uh, are you guys? Do you guys run uh, GPS?
2: Yeah, we're full GPS. We run Trimble.
1: Trimble, um,
2: okay. Trimble, it is the best money anybody can spend. If you're mm-hmm. thinking about it, just go buy it. Stop thinking about it.
1: We're working um, on getting a robot. We, we want to get okay. robotic next.
2: That will be key. Do you
1: use drone yourself then or not yet? We're we're getting ready to. You know, that's okay. the goal. Next right, that's a three year plan. You know, you always make your plan. Okay. So three year plan is we're gonna switch from uh Topcon to Tremble and uh we're gonna go full robotic, uh, so our guys can lay out the jobs themselves and do all that. Absolutely. And uh just you know, just trying to cut expenses back a little bit, not having to use as many subs. You can do it yourself when you control your destiny a little better. Now, the caveat to that is, if there's any issues with the grading out there, you can't go back on the survey anymore. You got to go back on yourself. So, still want to make sure those control points are set correctly. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I think.
2: Go. Ahead. I think there's a fine line there. Like, I think doing it yourself, you have that being able to. Uh, fast forward the job a little bit, but then you have the responsibility of it.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's kind of, it's kind of a catch 22. It's like, yeah, I can be more efficient, but at the same time, if anything's wrong, it's my butt. So yeah, Yeah, uh, I'll
2: give you, I'll give you guys an example. We run full GPS. I got kids that work for me for like two months, never have any pipe experience and they are running the job, laying the pipe. With the GPS, if I gave those guys a laser and said, go lay that pipe with that rotary laser, (laughs) they would look at me like I got 10 fucking heads and be like, what do you mean you want me to shoot fucking great?
1: What's this target thing you want me to put on the the pipe, dude? What is that?
2: Yeah. Like, and it is a painful process. I got kids that literally a month in and they're running the GPS, a week in, they're running the GPS and it gives the capability to run the job to a certain level. You know, maybe not the most productive way, but at least they're putting the pipe in the right spot on the right grade, the manhole in the right spot. All these things technically should be happening with that GPS, right?
1: Yeah. I, I personally am under the impression as long as the, you are getting the refresher systems done, you know, you're getting your system, you know, calibrated and stuff every year like you're supposed to and all that stuff. And as long as you got a good signal, bro. Yeah, bring a laser out here anytime you want, man. I'll be just as close, if not closer, than you. I mean, especially now, the amount of satellites they got. You know, five, six years ago, you know, as well as I do, it wasn't as accurate. But, I mean, every year the tolerance is getting tighter and tighter and tighter. I mean, it's getting to the point it's almost robotic, and it's coming from a satellite instead of line of sight. So, I mean, it's, it's getting really good. The thing that I think is saving the industry the most with efficiency, time, and – it's our own undoing, though. <laughs> is if you get a contract now, I don't know about as much on the pipe side yet, but they're getting to the point they want you to run GPS. I mean, it's you know, now you get out on the job site, the superintendent's like, "I want feathers in the ground. I don't trust that GPS. You use, you use. I want to see the line of shot. I want you to use a laser. To put this pad in." Okay, well, we'll guess what we'll do. We'll put it in with GPS, and then when you come out there, we'll put our laser out. Go beep. There you go. It's on. It's on. Great. It's all yours. Sh- <laughs> yeah. You <know>, so <laughs> we <laughs> shit all the time, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, you know it's sad when you're running the same amount of batteries in your laser that you had in January because you haven't had to turn it on that much. That's when you know it's coming out like once a day. Just beep. There you go. Yep. <laughs> I haven't made the switch yet. I'm going to I'm gonna bite the bullet here. It's coming.
2: Bite it and chew it and deal with it for the first three months and you'll thank yourself for the next 10 years. Yeah, I know.
3: I, they came out and demoed it and you literally what turned me off is they showed up. It was, we demoed the TopCon and it showed up and it was running like some Windows 10 tablet that had to reboot like six times to make sure it worked <laughs> and it took like every time I touch a button, it's like delayed by like four seconds and I'm like the fucking iphone works great right like you, they make an ipad why didn't you just strap an ipad to this fucking thing and and it worked flawlessly but instead you went and bought the cheapest freaking stupid tablet from china that doesn't work worth a hell and strapped it to it and then charge fifty grand for it and that's literally what turned me off of it. I was like, I'm gonna hock this thing across the fucking job site the first time it screws up and doesn't work. That's gonna be what's gonna happen.
1: <laughs> so I don't know how Will did it, but he's got ours where they don't do that anymore. They yeah, used to be super I slow. I just need
3: to come check yours out. is probably yeah. Nice. Will,
1: you gotta get with Will because Will is the man, dude. My my guy's in charge of our GPS surveying department. He's fucking awesome, dude's a dude's gangster as hell. He's a one man show. He goes to the shop, gets them calibrated, picks up steaks, does everything. He disperses them to the foreman's. He does the blue tops. I mean, the dude's just a beast. I don't know. He he teaches me stuff about that system like every day. I'm like, hey, so what, what what's this for? And he's like, oh, you can use it to do this with it and do that with it. I'm like, no desire to do any of that. Just <laughs> <this> shit's <laughs> on great. Like yeah. <laughs> How much, how much dirt's in that stockpile? That's all I want to know. Cause uh, I gotta get a change order. for this <laughs> f- Shit, that's all I want to know. Pay me. Yeah. F- uh, just fuck you. Pay me. That's all I care about. Yeah. F- fuck. Everybody's like, oh, cat this. I <laughs> f- give a shit. The f- fucking Honda. Just pay the bill. The f- <laughs> f- <fuck."> uh,
2: <sighs> I mean, I think I think it's underestimated. I think uh, I think guys in pipe probably don't use it enough. Uh, we use it full time. Like the guys are like, oh, you don't get reception in the trench. Like, just put the booster on it. Like they makes, st- like they can make it happen. Get a better base yeah, station. Like,
1: <laughs> yeah, we got boosters on ours. We just did that. You know, I don't know if you guys heard that episode. Oh, it was the episode you couldn't be here? It was like, uh it's at the old house. Oh, yeah. It was when I had Joey on. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah.
1: Um, I called him actually, and he put the four. He put four on our thing. It was like. 500 bucks for all four of them and dude they're getting like so much more accuracy now because we were having that problem you know our tolerance was like getting to the point some spots you know you go out in rural areas it'd be like you know tenth and a half two tenths i'm like what's the point of having this if we're going to be off that much you know if you're with industry standard yeah good but i'd rather my guys and me we're 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 in the impression of yes it's gps it should be plus or minus a tenth no if it's not 200s bro i don't want it you know i want that accuracy That's the whole point of it. (laughs) We don't have to go back. Yeah. What are you running Uh, for equipment?
2: um, I run a 380 Volvo, so a 40-ton Volvo. Um, We run a loader, uh, L90. Um, And then we got, like, skin steering mini and stuff. So I went and bought the loader brand – or, sorry, the excavator brand new Um, because that's what makes you money is digging the hole is what, you know, makes your ultimate money. So I figured, you know, you get a warranty, you get all the – the safety net, I tell it, I tell myself it's a safety net policy that you get with it. Uh, you know, so I got that brand new or we got that brand new. And then we bought the loader because you, I buy machines that service the other machine, right? So you buy a mini and then you buy a skidster, you buy a loader or you buy an excavator, you buy a loader, you know, or if you're doing pipe like us, right? So a dozer didn't make sense for us and a loader, we use a loader every day, like that loader. You know, we put it's, I don't know how many hours on it, but a lot. It runs from seven in the morning till seven at night. Like it's the first thing running, the last thing going.
3: So I just bit the bullet picking mine up
1: on Tuesday. He got a Komatsu.
3: I bought a Komatsu loader. Never, never want to. Never owned a Komatsu anything, but... uh I got a Komatsu
1: Blade. I got to tell you, I'm actually very impressed with it. Everybody talks crap on them. And the only complaint I have, and if Komatsu's listening, I got one thing to say. make the fucking thing all-wheel drive. That's all I'm asking. Just make it all-wheel drive. It's four-wheel drive. It's not six. Just make it all-wheel drive. F*** your damn massless GPS system. If you could do those two things, bro, I'll buy five of them. But, you know... <laughs> The only reason I couldn't uh, we got it was because we uh we couldn't get another cat 150 because they're they're a year and a half out right now. That fucking crazy, nuts. I tried to go Volvo.
3: I I went down there, put my best effort in, tried to buy a Volvo because Christian told me to buy a Volvo.
1: Romco didn't help you out.
3: The uh, sales guy took three and a half weeks to get me a quote, and uh, then two weeks to respond after that. And uh, by that point, I'd already bought a cat. So
1: Uh I wish you would have called me. I I know really. Awesome dude over there. Well,
3: it's all good. I'm, I'm happy with the cat. I'm not going to lie. I'm not I won't with lie.
1: I'm on the impression of I am buying a 490 Volvo, though. I, re- I ran one when I was at Bright. Bright, we used to have a bunch of them. And uh, that is the Cadillac of excavators, dude. That is the nicest freaking machine I've ever run, dude. <laughs> yeah. They had LED lights before anybody yeah. else had LED lights. They <laughs> had fucking air-conditioned seats before anybody else had air-conditioned seats. You know, they know what they're doing, bro. Don't get me wrong. No, went... Them Swedish people, man, they make good furniture and they make good excavators. I'll give them that. they 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 pretty on it, man. I went down there I... and I sat in one. They
3: had a, a 235 I was looking at. They only had one here and it was like a four-year-old unit with 7,000 hours that probably was a rental to the dumb retards in the face of the planet. That thing looked like it went through World War Three. It was just mangled. like I mean, clapped out on another level of clapped out. And then they... Take me out to look at it. I'm like, holy, like, what <laughs> happened to this thing? Like, did you guys demolish buildings from the inside with it or what? <laughs> I got in that thing, it was tight as shit, man. Yeah. Not a freaking inch of play in that thing. And I'm like, well, how many times they line bore the pins? No, it's all original. I got looking at sure shit. Like, <laughs> I don't know what they did. They must have greased it at least, but man, <laughs> that thing was, it was smooth even having that hard of life there's but, a
1: demolition um, company down here man that's all they run dude they, i mean they, that's all they run they, they run strictly you No, know, uh, they've been doing it for a long time and they've been running volvo since the 90s i mean so you know all their gears not is all their equipment is volvo um you know volume if you listen you know 390 be nice just saying yeah, yeah. i got I, I got a 350 deer i ran
3: an old volvo loader for, had the old chopsticks the three the three little joysticks on it that was pretty slick i like that that was a good setup once you get used to that you're pretty quick in those things
1: oh god don't ever buy, <laughs> don't ever buy a komatsu track loader or a deer track loader oh god don't do it <laughs> I, I demoed one i wasn't doing it i got a 963 yeah and i'm happy with my 963 yeah the, cat, the cat's a little
2: hard on fuel though compared to the volvo cat
1: is hard on air conditioning too
2: i don't know what it is <laughs> with cat
1: and air conditioning but they're the only freaking ones that ever go out i don't know what it is I will talk crap on deer all day, but the deers, they're they're tanks when it comes to AC systems. I don't know why. Maybe because it's right there on the outside and you can just get to it and it's easy to it's shit, shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then cat cat, you know, they, they decided a few years ago, like a brilliant idea, like let's put the cabin filter inside the tractor. And so if you open the window at all to talk to somebody or anything, and you got the AC running, it's gonna make your AC system stop working. Brilliant. Hmm. My only complaint
3: about the new cat that I got the next gen, it's got an auto-reverse fan feature, so it'll reverse the fan every two minutes or three minutes. Reverse it, blows the rads out as it's going. Every time it does that, the AC shuts down. <laughs> so like, the, the ho- you're running the home, and don't get me wrong, it's it, you, you don't notice it because the thing's tinted. I put ceramic tint on it, so you'd be nice and cozy in there. But if you didn't have tint in that and that thing shut down, because it shuts down for like 30 seconds every two minutes or three minutes, and you're in there, and all of a sudden you, you hear, the, hear it shut down. Then it comes back on as soon as the fan goes back on. I don't know why it does that, but uh, if I didn't have the windows tinted, it would definitely suck. Yeah. Other than that, I'm happy with it. It's, it's, it's a great machine. It's fast <laughs> as hell. I like it.
1: On bad months or bad weeks, when things aren't going right, how do you deal with it as a leader moving forward? So you can answer that? that, Brandon. You can answer that one. You want me to answer this one? Well, I'm gonna yeah. pass the floor to Devin after I answer because he's <laughs> he's pretty good about this kind of stuff too. The bad months and the bad weeks, hmm. you gotta have an outlet. I'll say that you gotta have something to. You can't think about it constantly because it'll just eat you alive, and that's when you get cancer. That's when you get. I'll tell you all something: stress will kill you quicker than anything else in this world. It, it'll eat you up. It cause you your. It'll screw your immune system up. It'll screw up your. Uh, social life. It'll screw up your, your family life. It'll end up causing depression. You know, it's just as a leader, yes, you have to be strong for the guys at the office. You got to put that face on that. Hey, everything's going to be all right because at the end of the day, those guys are counting on you to provide for their families. You know, yes, they're out there working their asses off, but at the end of the day, you got to make sure that check is going to clear Friday so they can buy the groceries. They can pay the electric bill. They can pay the mortgage. You know, they can get the, The wife, take the wife out for a nice dinner that weekend, you know. So you got to, as a leader, you have to sit back and realize it's not all about you. It's about your guys. It's about your company. It's about your ego. It's about your name. It's not really your ego. I was joking about that part. But you you have to prove to yourself that it's going to be all right. And the way you do that is you find a way. No matter what it takes, you find a way. Whether that's selling tools, that's, um, you know guns have gone to the pawn shop in the past to make payroll i won't lie to y'all. <laughs> um, you know it's it's hey we're not going to go on that trip this year that we wanted to go on it's uh, hey uh, you find a quick you know cash job you can go knock out on a saturday and you don't send the guys to do it you go do it yourself so you can help cover payroll the next week it's it's things like that that you got to do as a leader to just make sure that everything's going to be all right. And that's just what you got to do. And sometimes it works out and sometimes it don't. And then the times it don't, that's when you got to sit down as a man, you go sit down with that supplier or whatever the person is, you got to pay and say, Hey, I can't make it happen this week. <laughs> this is the reasons why. And if they can't appreciate that, then don't come back when the times are good. That's what I say. So pass it on to you, Deb.
3: Yeah. I don't know. How do you deal with the good and the bad? Well, I, uh, I'm, pretty emotionless i guess i don't know I, I try to stay pretty level and normal i got shit that happens on the daily the weekly monthly you know there's good days there's bad days it's just what it is um myself personally i just bottle the up put my head down and keep going and i'm not sure if that's healthy or, or what but it's what i do you no know, one gets real hard it when you see me go in the gym every day that's when you know it's not going well so I'm just going in and throwing weights around and, and kind of letting things out that way. But uh, that's why I'm so jacked. That's what's going wrong. <laughs> no, but in all honesty, I just literally got to a point. I'll I, I tell you guys a story because it's a good one, I guess. I remember first year in business started up. I was like six months in. It was a year. I, I don't know. Anyways, I had a couple jobs going on and uh, everything was laid out perfectly for the week to go right. You know, I put out a bunch of money to do all these jobs. Thursday, we were going to wrap up this job. I was going to get paid right away. Friday was payday. I get a call from one of my guys Wednesday night at 7 o'clock.
0: Man, we just did a gas
3: line. So now I'm scrambling at 7 o'clock at night. It was just a secondary line going to a garage from my house. But I'm scrambling at 7 o'clock at night to get a pipe fitter to come out here and fix this gas line. Because I got to get this gas line fixed or I'm not getting paid on Thursday. finish this job and then I can't make payroll short story long couldn't get the fittings to fix this gas line on a Thursday ain't happening not done not going to be until Friday and I remember Friday I think it was Thursday morning I wake up or Friday whatever day it was anyways I wake up knowing that I'm not going to make payroll get up go to work drive into work call my old man up hey got to borrow some money it's like, for what? Well, this screwed up, whatever. I got to make payroll. Like I'm going to need some, some money to float payroll. Nope. I f-ing told you, you should have never quit your job. You're just going to get over in business. People aren't going to pay you. Yada, yada, yada goes on this rant and I'm just not having it click, hang up the phone and I am pissed off and I'm driving to the job site and I'm just racking my head, racking my head and driving along. And I'm just ready to friggin', you know, I'm, Six, seven months in, and this is the biggest problem. I think payroll was like four grand or five grand. Like, oh, my nothing, God. i killed you know, like, Nothing. <laughs> but anyways, at the time, it was a, like this was a mountain wow, of a huge problem. money. Yeah, yeah. Back then, yeah. For me at the time, that was this, That was the first mountain. And I'm like in my head, I'm like, fuck, I failed. I fucked up. I'm not going to do this. And I'm just tearing myself up. I get off the exit of the highway, driving to the job site, and I'm just like in this massive depression or whatever you want to call it, this failure mode. And all of a sudden, it dawns on me, wait a
0: minute,
3: fucking line of credit. Oh, fuck. Call the bank. Hey, can you transfer some money from my line of credit? Oh, yeah, no problem. And put it, pay the thing. And then I'm driving and I'm like, you fucking idiot. I've been stressing about this for four days trying to plan how I'm going to make payroll on Friday. And like, I mean, I was just on another level of stress. Like I was ready to call it quits, pack it in, go back to running the crane, like done. And I was so blinded by that problem that I thought was a mountain. I didn't even think of the fact that I got a line of credit. I can just cover it and it's all good. And we finish the job Friday and get paid. But to me, I always go back to that because at the time that felt like it was a problem that I could not fix. Like it was a brick wall. And I was so focused on the problem that I wasn't thinking of anything else. You know, I, I had a simple solution right here. It wasn't even, but I was so blinded by the problem that I was just like, not even thinking of that at all. And after I'm like fucking idiot. Like, why didn't you think of that? Like three days ago, I spent three days stressing, worrying, going nuts over this. And it was just a simple solution. And I remember that. And I always remember that. And, and that dumb lesson that I learned from that was if you're, I'm just going to focus on the problem, whatever it is, whether it's finishing the job or making payroll or getting this paid or whatever, if I focus on that problem, I'm not looking for a solution. So when problems happen nowadays, I don't focus on the problem. I, I, and as dumb as that sounds, I don't just like, I forget about the problem. I don't forget about it, but I push it aside. Get the problem out of your face because you're, if you're staring at the problem, that's all you're going to think about and start looking for solutions. Literally when I get a problem or if something screws up, whether it's money or equipment or whatever, the first thing I do is I stop, like throw the problem off the side, forget about the problem and just start thinking. You know, how can I fix this? What's the solution? You got to start thinking of for the solutions. Because if you focus on the problem, that's all you're going to get is more problems. You always have to stop thinking about the problems and focus on solutions. And that's the biggest thing. As a business owner, your job is to solve problems. Look at the problem, see what the problem is, and then just go right to solutions. And it, spitball, 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 call people, whatever you got to do. But there's always a solution to the problem. And it doesn't matter how big that problem is. You're always going to be able to find a solution if you're willing to go out and look for it. And you might have to call 150 fucking people, but you're going to find a solution. And I know that you deal with this, Christian, and you do as well, for sure. How many times do you look at one of your employees and say, hey, uh, we need this part. Call over here to get it. They pick up the phone, they call one place, and they say, yeah, we can't get it till Thursday. Well, my piece of equipment's going to be down for four days. And they come back. Yeah, they don't have the part. It won't be until Thursday. Well, did you call anywhere else? Well, no, they don't have it. You know, you or me or you, you call a place and they say, we can't get that for Thursday. And you instantly hang up the phone. You call 75 places until you find somebody willing to drive it to the airport, put it on a plane and fly it to you that day. Because that's what our minds are like. You just, someone says, no, you keep calling until someone says, yes, you don't just stop at that. Oh, no. That's what business ownership is. You're owning a business. You just don't take no for an answer. And it's not that you're dick. You're not going to take no for an answer. You are going to beat that horse until it's absolutely dead. And you are 1000% sure that no is the only answer you can get. That's how I deal with it. You know, that's, I just don't take no for an answer.
1: Fucking bravo, bro. That was fucking gangster. That story. <laughs>
3: It's long winded, but you get yeah, no, but I know, I know exactly out, what you meant by that. That's exactly what it is.
1: <laughs> I know exactly what you meant by that. And I got a caveat to add to that one. Uh-huh. <laughs> the one that got me the heart, I never really gave an example. Uh, the funniest one that ever happened to me was kind of similar story. Um, we were working for a client that paid by ACH, and I'd forgotten that. Right. So um, a check bounced from a GC. <laughs> Because their account got hacked or something, I don't know what happened. So they paid me Wednesday, and I was supposed to make payroll Friday. And this was this was two or three years ago. And um, payroll was like twenty thousand dollars, and and I'm 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 freaking out, man. Uh, I'm thinking about can I donate blood? Is there somewhere I can go? Do they have payday loans? You know, I already pawned some guns before to make payroll. I'm like, man, I got like two left. That ain't gonna be enough to get twenty grand out of. They're not worth that much. You know, I'm thinking, I'm like, what else can I do? So I'm like, well, so I start plotting ideas in my brain, and all of a sudden, my phone rings, and it's my mom, who's my CFO, and she goes, oh, I uh, just wanted to let you know a wire just came in. I'm like, what? Yeah, the, the payment for the for the, this job, and I'm like, huh? And she goes, yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah. She's like, yeah, I already got everybody's deposits set up for tomorrow. I'm like, <sighs> okay so like the rest of that day anything that went wrong i was like this is nothing like i don't know if you guys know what i'm talking about but when you paid all the bills for the week and you made payroll like and you know you get to make it by like wednesday it's like the most stress relieving rest of the week dude like i try to explain that to people and they're like what do you mean i'm like Bro, you could call me and say my tractor burned to the ground, and I'll be like, ah, that's fine. We'll get another one. We'll deal with that yeah, on yeah, Thursday of yeah. next week. Yeah, and <laughs> everybody's like, everybody's like, what do, you, what do you mean? I'm like, bro, as long as your guys are paid, and you paid all the bills, and nobody coming to reap shit, and your guys fucking got their jobs, and you feel Bill got paid, you feel like, I can't explain it. It's like you feel like you can you climb Mount Everest. It's crazy. You you guys probably know what I'm talking about, but it's just that. Oh my god, fucking did it! Yes. yes. <laughs> oh hey, Brandon. You know we didn't fucking change her. Our- I don't even fuck. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. We got, we got- <laughs> uh, oh, man. All right. What's the next one? Uh, he said, "What year was the hardest for you?" So believe it or not, uh, I was the. I had a weird go of it. My first year an ass kicker like it should have been i think that's everybody my second year was actually really good which normally that's not the case normally you're still kind of learning stuff um my third year was when i really my ass handed to me that was the worst year ever and that was when i started learning more about contracts because i'd always we we went from doing more of the working for these smaller developers general contractors that didn't have the 55 page contracts To working for the guys that have 55 page contracts and that's when i started learning the game really learning the game by oh well this is in your scope oh it's not oh yeah it is this is in your scope and this is when you learn that they actually are repetitive you might catch it one part of the contract but if you go down four more pages it's in another part of the contract so it alleviates that part if you catch that that they got it somewhere else on there so a lot of people don't know that there's a lot of contracts now that have the scope of work in there twice. You you might catch it on the first page, but then the second page they go, "Well, this supersedes that." So if you don't catch it on this, it, it's all a game. But that's what happened, man. I got my I got my behind handed to me in 2021. I had three GCs not pay me. Two went out of business. The owner the for the third one skipped and ran to like Costa Rica, and the feds are looking for him. I'm not making that one up either. So yeah, it was. It was a great year, and I'm just <laughs> finally – I'm finally getting out of it now. And that's two years later. And I met Steph in 21. She can tell you I was on the verge of just – I've times. never been. Bro, I was, I've, I've never been in such a place in my life. Dude, I couldn't even get off the couch on a weekend. I'd be sitting on the couch on a Saturday. I'm just like, I got no ambition to do anything right now. And Sunday night, I'd just be so scared, man. I don't want to go to work Monday. I don't want to deal with this. I, I just – I didn't know what to do, man. And uh it was a blessing in disguise. I got all the guys that I have working for me now came on in twenty one. My my core team of guys that I have now came on and we have completely turned it around. And uh it was an absolute I'm not afraid to say it was an absolute f-ing bitch. But we got through it and it we had grit and that's what you gotta have in this industry. You gotta be tough, man. You gotta be a tough f-ing bitch with this shit. So up, shut up now. It's your turn.
3: <laughs> I don't know. For me, it was my first year. That was honestly the hardest for me. And that was just because I didn't know anything. I literally, I did the one thing that no one should ever do is I started a company with zero experience doing what I'm doing, like nothing. And I taught everything was self-taught, you know, learned all the dumb hard lessons, screwed up all the shit, broke all the stuff, you know, like you name it, I've done it. And, uh, it was just a, bag drive the whole first year. because I just kept getting kicked in the nuts over and over and over again because of my own unknowing, I guess. So it was the whole first year was just learning everything the hard way from scratch. And then I got smart and uh, stopped thinking I knew, not thinking I knew everything, but swallowed my pride and started asking questions, you know, calling guys, reaching out to people that were in business, you know, talking to people and getting advice and learning how not to screw things up and that's kind of what turned around but that was my biggest biggest in the dick i guess my whole first year just because of that what about you what was uh what was your uh, life-changing moment there
2: (laughs) uh my life-changing moment my first year i found my first year easy personally like i think you're in the honeymoon phase i call it of business Mm -hmm. you're like you know you're making a little bit or you think you're making a little bit more money than you did working for somebody right and you're like i you think that you have this you're invincible, right? Or you, whatever you think, I don't know what I thought, but I thought something, I was like, I don't know why everybody doesn't own a business, right? Like,
0: this is great,
2: great, right? Like I I do the job, we get paid, like, you know, it's me and my buddy, we're working, we're partners, we're making money. Like it's, you know, you think you're on top of the world. And then you don't get paid or you don't get paid on time, you Mm -hmm. know, or you got your people calling you saying, you know, you better pay me or you're not going to get any more gravel or trucks or whatever the case may be, right? And you're like, you know, I need to keep this job moving forward. And I think that's what humbles you. You realize that you probably shouldn't work for everybody that says they got work for you. Yeah. You know, you should you should really just, and that's what we tried to hone in. is like, work for just a few good people. You're better off to work for a few good people that you know that are going to pay their bills, you know, and, and grow with them you know, if they're a smaller GC grow with them or if they're a smaller developer or whatever, like help them grow. Instead of trying to go to the, you know, the heavy hitter in the area. And they're like, if I put this guy out of business, that's one less guy I got to compete with. Right. Yeah. That's not always the case. You know, there's lots of great big companies out there that will help uh, younger guys or younger companies try to grow. But I think, Learning the lessons the hard way, like we talked about losing money and stuff like that. That didn't happen for me till like the second year, third year, where I was like, shit, this is why people fucking quit. This is why, (laughs) like this is, you know, Like, I remember laying there in bed at night being like, this ain't worth it. Like I can go sit in a company truck, make 120 grand a year and turn my brain off at five o'clock, you know, like this. So I think that was my my darkest moments of mine were probably the, the, I mean, two years. Like the whole time is dark. Really? You have your good days and then you, <laughs> you just go back to the roller coaster of shit. Right. Like
1: it's I, a merry-go. A, <laughs> pardon? It's I try to tell everybody it's uh it's like you go, Hey, you want to visualize on a business? It's like, Oh yeah. I'm like, imagine a merry-go-round. They're like, oh yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not done yet. <laughs> and it's on fire. <laughs> And there's like three guys standing there with fire extinguishers and they're just laughing at you <laughs> and they're like you stupid <laughs> s- of a bitch I tried to tell you
2: <laughs>
3: uh, uh, oh, well, the clown running the rides beating around yeah like that
1: that fucking meme that they got with the 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 kids on the ground and there's that big dude in the, the blow up suit and he's got a bat just beating the shit out of him oh yeah. so fucking true. <laughs> think people
2: just don't know what it takes i don't think you really know till you do it till
1: you yeah, honestly no. do it right i mean and that's the thing that guys don't get you're not going to get rich overnight doing this job man it's it, this is a long game business you you got to build equity as you go you know if you have a really good year and you can pull a little bit of money for yourself absolutely fucking do it man you know take care of yourself you deserve that fucking ass but you know, you profit hundred grand. You got a hundred grand sitting in the checking account at Christmas time. You throw your guys some money. Put them back in the damn company. Go buy that. Go buy that service truck you need. Go f- another fucking excavator you need. Go f- some shit you need. Don't don't just be like, oh, f- this fucking f- this fucking f- fucking bass boat I just bought. F- buy a fucking bass boat. You don't have time to go fishing, dude. Like, I mean. And then six months later, you guys are like, man, I had to sell the bass boat. No shit, I sold the fucking bass boat. It's true. It's true. Um, Christian, uh, do you got anything else you'd like to talk about? Please? I think I'm good. I think I'm good. I'm going to be honest with you. I think all three of us look pretty f-ing smoked. I think we all got up pretty early this morning because I know I did. I know you probably, <laughs> probably did too. Knowing this dude, he probably fell asleep at his desk. Probably, uh, probably. I did, except uh, the wife's
3: down here now. So I moved an office into the house. So when I fall asleep at my chair, it's 20 steps to bed. So when I wake up, actually, I drove back to the house the other night. Uh, where was I coming from? From Keller. <laughs> Pulled in the driveway. Backed in the driveway, and I was reading an email, and I woke up 45 minutes later sitting in my driveway <laughs> in the truck still. <laughs> Walked in the house. So yeah, time to go to bed.
1: <laughs> All right, man. Well, I'll just do I'll get the PSA out of the way, and we'll get out of here. Everybody could give us our five stars on Spotify and Apple. Check us out on the YouTube. Please like, share, and subscribe. Also, uh, if you could check it out on our Patreon, uh, we have some cool on there. Also, check out our merch shop. We have merch now. As you can see, Christian's wearing one of our hats. Also, if you want one of those hats, they're not on the website. Shoot us a PM on Instagram and send us your uh, information, and we will be more than happy to send you one it's 25 bucks plus shipping so just send that to us also uh we are getting ready for the on-grade round table i don't know when we're doing that yet but now that we have the capability we just set up here we can definitely do it now can't we buddy yeah 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 we 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 figured out how to do this teleconference setup that we just got done and yeah i won't lie to y'all i've been stressing about this one all week i'm like how the f*** am i gonna talk to him and not look like make it look weird and all that and did a lot of research, so it was not, a little stressful.
3: Not bad for a couple dirt guys.
1: No, nah, it wasn't Locking too bad. Computers. So I want to thank my producer who's sitting over there busting her ass for us tonight, my lovely lady, Stephanie, getting it done. Thank you, baby. All right, guys.
3: Well, uh, Christian. One second there, Christian. What's your uh, What's your Instagram? Guys, yeah, want to yeah. jump on there? Christian's always posting. A- too. Does a lot of pipe. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I'm not like you. I can't talk in front of the camera. I'm a little camera shy, eh? So, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, my Instagram is cmb.excavation. Uh, yeah, we post, post some stuff on there. Try to as much as possible. Um, I just want to thank you guys for having me on the show and everybody involved. It's awesome to see some guys trying to help some knowledge, and it's nice to hear that other guys are suffering the same problems that we're all suffering, so. Thank you. We're all rowing the same
3: boat full of holes
2: together. (laughs) Amen, (laughs) brother. Amen.
1: (laughs) There's uh, two guys. There's guys that don't know what it's really happening to them are yet, or there's guys that are going through it. And, uh, I don't care who you are. It's kind of like riding a motorcycle. There's guys that have been down. There's guys that are going to go down. It doesn't matter how long you ride. You mean any guy that truly Mm -hmm. rides, will tell you that it's the same thing in this business, man. You're going to, you're going to have somebody not pay you. And, uh, You just gotta, you gotta have that rainy day fund set aside. You gotta be smart with your money, and you can't go blowing all your damn money on stupid. You gotta try to have a nest egg saved. But I'll tell you right now, it's hard to pay the bills when they owe you seven hundred k and you got three hundred k in trucking, and the and the rest of your billings for the month might be two, three (laughs) hundred k. And it's like, well, you should pay that bill. Well, I, I can do that, and then. Uh, I won't have another job to give you next month because I will be out of business. <laughs> <laughs> Good times, right guys? Good times. Uh, it's Great. Great it's time. life.
3: You get through it. Keep going. Don't stop. Just keep moving forward. Yeah, One keep, foot in front of the other. It's all it is.
1: Keep it going guys. So uh, definitely Christian, I'll get the links for all your stuff, but uh, just email them to me so I can get it put in the subscription for it, Description for you. Uh, also guys, the fires in Hawaii are over now. However, we are still uh requesting that people donate down there to the guys in Hawaii. What's the name of that excavation company down there? you uh, you put me on the spot.
3: Oh
1: truth excavation. Uh they're they're getting a ton of support from everybody around the country. It's awesome to see us as a family coming together and helping a brother in need. So if you guys could, I'll have the link for his GoFundMe in the bottom. If you guys want to be on the show, uh shoot us a message on ongrade at Gmail, ongrade88 at gmail.com, or you can send me a message on uh the podcast page, Iron Eagles page, or Devin's page at Ruben Group. Just let us know if you guys want to come on the show. I'd be more than happy to have you. Happy to have you. We would like to have people local in our area, but we now have this tele-system set up. More than happy to have you on the show. So guys, uh I got anything else, you got anything else? That's it, man. Like, share, subscribe,
3: shout us out, tell a friend, you know, get us out there, boys.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, thanks, everybody, and uh, we'll see you next time. Stay classy. Later.
0: You've been listening to the On Grade Podcast. If you're wanting to get into the business, grow your business, or learn more about the trades of construction, this is your hub. Brandon and Devin both own excavation companies in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex, and on each show, you'll hear from the business owners and leaders that make the industry tick. We hope you've enjoyed the show. If you did, make sure to like, rate, and review, and we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, find us on Instagram at on underscore grade TX on Facebook at On Grade Podcast, on YouTube at On Grade 5384, and find the show on Spotify and Apple. See you next time on the On Grade Podcast.